0: There are several things in the gospel and the scripture readings actually today that I want to touch on, not so much during the homily with them, but just to help you to be aware of some symbols that are present in those scriptures. For to begin with, the first reading through a lot of the Easter season is going to be taking passage from the book of Acts. Now the book of Acts is the second half of Luke's gospel. Luke goes through his gospel, but what he does in the book of Acts is showing how Jesus continues to work now through the church, his disciples. And so how many times in the gospel Jesus healed people that were sick. All all that were sick were brought to him. So all the sick that were brought to the apostles, that just the shadow of Peter might fall over them and they would recover and be healed but it's not through Peter's power, it's through the power of Christ working within them, that Christ continues to work and live through the church, his body, here on earth. The church now is the sacrament of Christ. I don't know if you've heard that term before, but the the word sacrament has to do with making visible what is hidden. And all of us as members of the body of Christ are to make visible Jesus himself who is hidden from our sight but who lives and dwells among us. And so that's what Luke is doing in the book of Acts. That's showing that Jesus is still among them, still working through them, but now it is through them that the mission of Jesus is carried out. Okay, That is kind of reflected, as Jesus said in the Gospel, now, as the Father sent me, so now I send you." We are basically the instruments through which Christ continued to carry out his work of redemption. What is that about? They're basically restoring everything to the Father, is restoring all of creation to the Father. If you remember the story of Adam and Eve, sin corrupted the relationship, not just between the man and the woman, but also human beings with all of creation. And so all of creation is called to be restored again to the Father through Christ. And that is the work of Christ that he is doing through us. So any work toward reconciliation, any work toward healing is continuing that work of Jesus himself. Okay? So... Just if you want to know what you're supposed to be doing, just say, what was Christ doing? And each of us are called to continue the work. As the Father sent me, so now I send you. You've been sent. <laughs> okay, that's what that's about. Okay, in the, uh, the second reading from Revelations, we have several images, but I don't know if you caught all of them, maybe even some of them. The first one that he talks about, he was caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day. The Lord's day is Sunday. It's often, you know, a lot of languages, it's the Lord's day, Domingo. That's the Lord's day. You know, many times Catholics will be confronted, why don't, why don't you celebrate the Sabbath day? After all, the scripture says the Sabbath is the day of the Lord. Well, with Christ's resurrection on Sunday, Sunday is the day of the Lord. Sunday is the day that we celebrate Easter every Sunday. We're celebrating his risen presence among us and with us. So when it comes to Sunday, the primary celebration is the Lord is here, he is with us. The Lord is risen, he is alive, he is among us. That's the Lord's day. The Lord, Tito spoke about the new covenant. The new covenant was him giving his life on the cross and his resurrection. The new covenant is our union with him. So when do we celebrate the, the covenant? Every Sunday we're celebrating the new covenant on the Lord's day as we are fed and nourished by his body and blood in the Eucharist. Okay? So anyway, that is why we celebrate Sunday and not the Sabbath day, because he was crucified either on the edge of the Sabbath, you know, before sundown, at the beginning of Sabbath, to Easter Sunday. He is risen from the dead, and that is why we celebrate Sunday as the Lord's Day, And this is celebration of the New Covenant. Not one where we're just bound by the laws of the Ten Commandments, but where we are also graced by the mercy and the love of Christ. So love one another as I have loved you. That's the New Covenant, okay? Okay, just trying to put some things together there. He also talked about, he saw this image of a son of man standing in the midst of seven gold candlestands um, that were, I think, were lit. The seven candle stands, you know, the symbol we usually use is the lantern over the tabernacle symbolizing the presence of Christ with us. So every time you walk in church that should be lit to be that light of Christ's presence. And the seven has the idea the whole church, throughout the whole church Christ is present, and that is why it says seven candle stands. Or you might look at the Easter candle, also a symbol of Christ, the light of the world. The Easter candle is the light that triumphs over the darkness. It's not a gold candle stand, but it's bronze, so <laughs> it has a little gold look to it, but it's Anyway, it kind of triggers a little bit more connection with I saw seven gold candle stands, okay? So throughout Easter, you'll see the Easter candle there by the lectern um, and then we uh, put it aside after Pentecost. Okay, but anyway, you'll see the candle stand up there. So again, resonating with the candle stands in that second reading. In the Gospel reading, You know, the the apostles are in a locked room. And even though the doors were locked, Christ appeared to them. They were locked. They were still locked in fear. They were still locked in shame and locked in guilt. And what were the words of Jesus to, to them? Peace be with you. And those are the words that we need to hear from him as well. Peace be with you. Um, I'm aware of human weakness, aware of human brokenness, and I come to give you peace. Peace be with you. I'd like to encourage you to use those words throughout the week, whenever you're down or discouraged or maybe disappointed in something, hear our Lord say to you, Peace be with you. All right? And he said to them a second time, peace be with you. And then it said he breathed on them. The breathing is the departing the spirit on them. Remember when the story of Genesis and God formed the person out of clay and then he breathed into the person giving the human form life. Remember that account in Genesis. And so Christ is giving us his very life he breathed into them. He breathed in, th- in them and they received the Holy Spirit. They have received the very gift of his life. The spirit of his life within them is the spirit that they received and the spirit that we receive. We have received the very life of Christ. We receive the gift of his spirit that has been breathed into us. And so be aware sometime or take time just to have a sense that your very breath is the breath of Christ living within you. And every time you take a breath, it is Christ that you're breathing, breathing in. So just in a way, the connection, the intimacy with him is what John is trying to get across to us. The very, very intimate bond that each of us have with Christ For he has given us the very gift of his spirit, the gift of his life. And then you heard as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. Um, That's the mission we have. But then he talks about the mission of reconciliation. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Whose sins you retain are retained. Now, usually we understand whose sins are forgiven. When we forgive, Forgiveness is given to the person. We are called to forgive one another, forgive those even who've wounded us. We are called to forgive. And who seems to retain. That I've understood in a little different way than I had before. Retain is sometimes, is to held, uh, bond, bonded or held captive. In other words, not in a way hold somebody captive in their sin, but rather to hold the sin captive, that God holds Satan captive through the gift of mercy and forgiveness. It's Satan and sin that are held captive, not the person. Don't hold somebody captive in sin, okay? That's not what that's about. You're to hold the sin captive what sin you retain is retained, that sin is held captive if you don't allow it to be loosed on the world. When you allow it to be loose and set free, then you're actually spreading that sin throughout the world. Is to be held captive, not given, released, and do harm to the world around you. Okay, that's a little different way, I think, of understanding it. Hold it captive. Do not let it be escaped from you and be leased out into the world. Okay? And then we have the story of Thomas Didymus. The word may, may, means twin, as some translations of the Bible have it. Names twin. Thomas is, has a twin in everyone who struggles to believe. Everyone who has a deep and struggling, how can I really believe this? How can I really trust in this? And Thomas is the one who wants something tangible, who wants something concrete to believe in. Words aren't enough, and words truly aren't enough. Christ did not just use words. His very life reflected the faith and the message that he lived. It needs to be made tangible in each of our lives. So the Gospel is not something that is a matter of words. The Gospel is a matter of life. And how is the love of God made visible through your life? How has it become tangible and actually touched the world around you? That is what Thomas was asking for. That is what those who doubt and question are asking for they need to see that love made concrete in the lives of the people who profess who Jesus is. Um, there was a story that I heard a number of years ago about a, a, young, a, a family working as missionaries over in Africa. And a man, a young man came to work with them and he worked for them for a month and then he told them he was leaving. And the lady, the lady said, wasn't I paying you enough? And he said, no, I didn't come here to work for the pay. I was just coming here to work to find out what Christians believed. (laughs) And took it from the way that they had treated him, is what he believed was what they believed. So again, making it tangible, making it visible, making it concrete in your life. That's what that Thomas is about and the Lord saying again to them peace be with you and it was in a week a week later he appeared to them notice in the gospel on the first day of the week toward evening Christ appeared now he appears to them again a week later which is Sunday (laughs) Sunday again celebrating his presence in our midst okay And then he goes on to say, John does in the Gospel, Jesus performed many other signs that are not recorded here, but these are recorded that you might have life and have life in his name. So if you read John's Gospel, look at the various signs that Jesus worked. And each time one of the signs are worked, Jesus is making himself visible who he was and what his life was about was being made visible through those signs. But many other signs have been done that were not recorded there in the gospel. So that is why the Catholic Church says, our faith is not in a book. Our faith is in the person of Jesus Christ, who is so much more than a book. He did not promise, I will send you a book. He said, I will send you the Holy Spirit who will help you to understand and to learn all these things I've taught. Um, So when someone says, well, where is it in that book? No, we're not confined to a book where Jesus is the very person we're called to have faith in. And it's the power and the presence of his Spirit that will guide us to the fullness of truth. The Spirit is the gift that Christ has given to us. Um, I'm not trying to make fun of the Scripture, because these words have been written for us to have life, so they're the Word of God, but it's not the only Word of God, or the only way that God has spoken. God speaks through all of creation. God said, let there be... And so it came to be. Creation is the word of God. Each person is a word of God. I called you by name in your mother's womb. Each person is a word of God. The Bible is one word where the word has been written down to help us to be aware more truly of what Christ did and said, but it's not confined to that. It needs to be in harmony with that, but that's not the fullness of the Word of God. Hopefully, God has spoken through you to many people. Hopefully, Christ has spoken to many people through you. And the many deeds that Christ has done have been done through you as members of his body. It's not limited to a book, but our lives are actually the living Word of Christ, the living Word of God, where Christ is made visible, where people come to faith and to believe in God, because, as Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. That is what is more important than any book, okay? I remember once uh, this phrase said, you know, be aware that you may be the only gospel anyone ever hears. God bless.